The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the it's always the husband. It's always the husband. Hi, everyone. This is Sarah. Hi, this is Megan. And you are listening to It's Always the Husband Pod- Podcast. Yes. Thank you. That added <laughs> a little zip. Zip in everyone's. You're pip. welcome. <laughs> As they say. I- do they say that? Zip I in just, your pip? Yep, yep. I oh. just saw a handsome man walk past the window in our studio. Oh, then that man don't belong here, <laughs> It's a stranger danger. <laughs> stranger. He's come to murder us, and at this point, we welcome we it. We just don't even give two shits. No. Nope. Go ahead and Bring try. It. Yeah. And then they'll feel say we're just too fat to kill. Yeah. <laughs> It's too much time. I'm sorry, the, the knife isn't long enough to cut through the layer of blubber. Of gunt. Yeah. You're like, shit. Gun- well, try stabbing my face. I'm sorry, ma'am. There, too. There yeah. <laughs> ma'am, I've tried all I can. I have to go. I have an appointment. My neck? Can you- <laughs> no. Nope. Too thick. Anyway. Welcome. Thank you for joining us and listening to another episode of our foolishness. We welcome you. If you're new, thank you for giving us a try. And for all you returning, thank you. We love our listeners so mm-hmm. much. We would like to welcome two new Patreons. Yo, our He-Man poster is filling up so I know, I need fast. more. We need another He-Man poster. Thank you. This is amazing. Again, if you want to join our Patreon, you can choose a man to join our Patreon anywhere from $3 to 20 to your own amount. And you hear extra episodes, added content, pictures, that kind of stuff. We have Heather Caldwell. Thank you, Heather. Heather. Thank you so much. How kind. We love you that you've joined. And Corinne, I want to say Cogden or Corrine. Corinne. Corinne. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Cogden. Cogden. <laughs> CC. Yeah, we're just going to call her Cece. She is a Momoa, so I'm going (gasps) to give you your Momoa shout out. She is our top tier, and we thank you so much. We can't even thank you enough. So here's your Momoa shout out. I'm going to play it even twice. Oh my God, yes. Gorgeous and fierce and strong and mm. There you go. You and, are gorgeous and fierce and strong. And mmm. And mmm. Mm. So yeah. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you to all everyone who's joining our Facebook group and letting us know it's and doing so reviews. Much fun. Yes. We love the reviews and ratings. That's what we really can use some ratings and reviews. Thank you so much for doing that. We're just blown away. Thank you so much. Here's our pitch for the week. Ladies and the Harringtons. <laughs> yeah, the Harrington Marys. Um, you need to tell a friend or share on your social media 
mm-hmm. and tag us. And then we're going to put you in a drawing for a fabulous sticker package. Yes. So tag It's Always the Husband podcast. You can do it on Instagram or Facebook. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. Or we have a TikTok. Oh, my God. Yeah, we do have a TikTok. Um, yes. And let us know. And then we will put you into a drawing. And Facebook, obviously, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the big FB. Yeah. Uh, for the old folks yeah. at home. And then we will draw next week. So you have one week, Tuesday to Monday night. Yeah. Tuesday will be the 25th of May. Yes. Right? This will come out the 18th. Yes. So until the 25th. Fifth. Yes. Share us. And then while you're sharing, also write us a review if you haven't already. That would be so great. That would be awesome. Thank you. If you do that, we would be so pleased. We have stickers up our blown out buttholes right to give away and so and we want to give them to you yeah and even stickers no one has but us oh my god yeah. they're exclusive yeah exclusive stickers that we actually just made for us we ripped them, we'll give them some out. out of the uh lining of our newly bought swimsuits right. and we will send them yes. to you. <laughs> it's the liner and the crotch you will get it it is very very exclusive. It, that is that's as exclusive as it gets. Right. Um. We thought. Speaking of, we thought we would add a new segment. Do yes. we even have segments? No, I don't not know. Really. We. I thought we would add a new segment. I mean, I guess we have our segment of you know pop culture from the yeah, year. That's yeah. sure. Um, we've never named them. No, we don't name our segment. segments because that's yeah. too hard and too much work. Yes. We're gonna talk about our obsession. Of the week. I need to write a jingle for that one. Or you maybe do. Jamie you should do another one. I could. I could have him do one. Obsession of the week. Yeah. Jingle. Yeah. You can do And then end too. it with, I want to kill you, bitch. No. Yeah. Skank. <laughs> Skank and weak. Rhyme. No. Huh. No. No. Skink. Skink. <laughs> Obsession Skink of the week. And weak. And I don't think. know. Anyway, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. What's your obsession? Of well, the week? since I was talking about TikTok, um, I didn't understand the TikTok for a long time because I'm an old. Yeah. Yep. And olds don't understand a lot of that stuff at all. But then my oh, daughter wow. would send me little TikToks and I could never see it. So I just joined a TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then I heard like maybe for the podcast, I should do TikToks and I should do Instagram reels. And it's all this stuff that olds have trouble with. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try to do and get out and get out little video clips which seem fun mm. but i just i'm getting there okay anyway i once you get into the tiktok it's some sort of demon from hell that pulls you in and you realize you've been staring at tiktoks for like 17 hours straight really yes and it happens to everyone you fall yeah. into a tiktok hole that i've talked to that's an old so it's very dangerous. Oh. Um, but I have three obsessions that I just like to check all the time. I'm very late to the game for Nanny Ma, N-A-N-N-Y-M-A-W, who I guess has been around on TikTok for a while. But I, I can't even stop laughing. That's yeah. the one I posted for the Mrs. Mrs. Carter teacher. Like, hey, y'all. I just want to talk to my seniors oh, about who got drunk and crashed into the busload <laughs> of preschoolers, preschoolers on her prom. And they all perished. Yes. <laughs> and I 
Mr. Carter, Principal Carter. Principal Carter. Yeah. So I'm dying. I love every single one is brilliant. It just shows you that there are so many talented, funny people that just live in the middle of nowhere or whatever, mm. all across the United States that don't get don't make it in Hollywood or don't are just random funny people that are so much more talented than the millionaires on Saturday Night Live and all this stuff. Like they're just they're out there and funny and now finally have a platform yeah. just to be creative. Yeah. You know, and you may not look like a movie star, so you don't get a break, even though you might be really creative. Right. And I know. It's just Madge and Biscuits are drag queens, and I've oh, fallen right. in love. Yeah. I've shared them as well. Madge is an actual heterosexual woman who dresses as a drag queen. Oh, really? And Biscuit is her gay bestie. So they live in like Wyoming or Montana. And they would just do this shtick when they're hanging out. And then just kind of start filming it for fun. And then put it on TikTok. And they had like zero people watching them forever. And then all of a sudden during COVID, it just took off. Like someone found it and it just spread. They're so funny and so good that... Uh, again, it's just these two friends who got together just doing this to hang out. It's like, oh, I know. And they are so clever and hilarious. Maybe if we dressed in drag, we could have a TikTok. Their drag is top notch. Yeah. Ours would be like really poor quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe there's a market for poor quality drag, drag. But I feel like they really need, you need to be top, you need to be top drawer to make it as a drag <laughs> To queen. make it. Shoot. And then I love this one is Feathers and Friends. It's Cairo the parrot. And I know how you feel about birds. No, thank you. But Cairo has a foul mouth and calls every human around him a fucking asshole. <laughs> and then if like people come over, Cairo will just yell, shut up, you fucking asshole. And you'll just be mid conversation, I'm sure, at her house. Um, but he's hilarious. Just hilarious. Cairo just talking to himself is the funniest thing ever. And he will call on Alexa to play his favorite songs. And if he doesn't like the song, he tells Alexa to change the song and then we'll go, woohoo, good song. And then dance. And he's super cute. Yeah. So those three check out if you are TikTok. If you're new to TikTok, give it a try. If you're an old, don't be scared of it. But you'll see how many amazingly creative and funny people there are all over the world. Yeah, I have it too, just because you kept sending them to me and then my teenage daughter sends them to me sometimes. So I downloaded it too. But I found out that my youngest daughter, who's in third grade, yeah. had a TikTok account with her cousin. That's and right. <laughs> remember, they were yeah. dancing to inappropriate songs with horrible lyrics. And of so course. I freaked out and I said, you are not allowed on TikTok. So then when I re-downloaded it to watch some of the stuff, I found her, oh, <laughs> I found her dances again. Oh man, I don't know when you're that. I'm age. in for it, aren't know. I? I watched Grease 800 times when I was eight, and I didn't know me, oh, know what I any know. of that meant. I but then, know. of course, I had no social media to put it on. No, thank God. Yeah. Oh my blessing still that I had. Can you that imagine? I went through school with no social media. Yeah, Tiffany and I blessing had a video camera that we would tape our yeah. Barbie 
soap operas. We taped them on oh, our VHS recorder. That is that footage still exists. Hey, Ken. Yeah. Do you want to come over to eat for some chicken? I put my new purple ball gown on. Let's go. Let's eat. do it, Ken. <laughs> Hey, Ken, how come you got nothing down there, Ken? <laughs> You're lacking in the package area, Ken. <laughs> I'm sure that was, yeah. I'm sure that Is was that what you said? Supper. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> you didn't glue on a paper made no. wiener. No, <laughs> no. Tape oh, a my wiener on his God. <laughs> My mother and Your mom would have put you in the <gasps> insane asylum. She would have. Yeah, and brought, look at this, Ken. Look what she did to him. on Wiener. Yes. yes. <laughs> Something's <laughs> wrong with her doctor. <laughs> then I would blame it on Tiffany. I'd be yeah. like, it's Tiffany. It Tiffany Cassie. did that. Yeah. Cassie did that. Nut bar, you know. Nut, nut bar taped all those paper dildos on Ken. <laughs> Gross. What's your obsession of the week? My obsession of the week, unfortunately, well, I can only have one. Okay. It was going to be my gut because this uh, coronavirus pandemic has really done a number on me. So I had the corona in August and I was feeling pretty good all summer like as health wise and like yeah liking my body yeah. okay wise and um I got really sick when I had coronavirus and then which you all know if you listened um because I almost died and Jamie had to stand in for me when yeah. I was gosh it was terrible well I was watching Heart of Dixie yeah um yep every single episode and then after that, you know, we started school and I just depression kicked in. I was so depressed. I hate we had to stay home. We weren't going anywhere. Yeah. I'm a super people person. Then I got the weird rash that yeah. lasted for three months. Um, where and I just felt shitty and just I'm sure the weight was just, you know, piling on as just pound by pound over those months, but this week it just hit me. Like I tried to go to one of my friend's 40th birthday parties and I put on my pants and I was like, nope, nope. Uh, and then today, all day at work, all I wanted to do was unbutton my pants and unzip yeah. them and just sit like Ed, Bun- Ed Bundy. Yeah, with your hand on your pants? Yeah, is yeah. that what the guy's name? Yeah. Because then I thought, that's not right. It's Ted Bundy, no. but he's the murderer. Right. Yeah. Ed. L. 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 Bundy. Bundy. L. Bundy. Oh, Jesus. We we Ed, or t- Ed, Ed or Ted or Al. Al. Okay. For sure. Al Bundy. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. Uh, so I'm obsessed with my gunt right now. Yeah. I went and bought all new pants because I can't be bothered to exercise. And I'm just going to live my life this way. My second obsession. Yes. Is American Idol. I haven't watched one of this season. I'm sorry, Everybody you guys. Everybody gets kicked off for being a weird molester this year, though. Yeah. That's been controversial. There's been some weirdness, but the top four, last night's show, so it would have been Monday the... 17th? day was it? I don't know. Uh, that show oh, I don't know. was unbelievable. Phil and I were bawling like babies at like... I'm embarrassed. Three of the songs. 
unreal. I'm obsessed. If you haven't watched it, just go Google American Idol. Well, that's good. They're so talented. That oh my makes god, me happy. So yeah. good. That makes me happy. So good. It's so fun. So that's my obsession. Good. I'm glad they're finding real talent. Yeah, it's amazing. One of them already has a number one hit on the country charts. Oh, one of the top three really? now. Yes. Oh, well, good for them. Uh, his name is Chase. Well, Chase, way to go. Chase or Chance or Chase, Chase Chance. Beckham. Chase Beckham is his name. Good yeah. for you. Uh, so it's been fun. That's my obsession. I love it. Good. Maybe I will check it out now that there's so few I can just root. Yeah, I know you're not affected emotionally none. like I am. None. I have none of that. But I did. I used to be my favorite show, but then I just kind of got burned out. Yeah, but now can, I feel there like were I some go back to it again. Seasons. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. Just like I was invested so much and then I was mm-hmm. let down and let down. And now. That no, sounds like we were like nerd voting. Yeah. Oh, I vote. I yeah, voted every yeah. time I watched. I voted all the time. I voted all like 10 times. Yeah, we I have said. the app and we're like, all the time. Yeah, willy, willy, willy. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. All right. Hey, that was a fun segment, yeah, Sarah. It was. Good idea. Yes. I like how you're keeping Thank it you. fresh. Thank you. I do keep it fresh. <laughs> not down there, not but. Not down there. Well, absolutely not. Yeah. We have a new show again. A new show. Oh, you um, guys. We checked out, there's so many new shows we have coming. So this one is called, and it has several seasons. So, you know, you can find it. I can't wait for it. Yeah. And some pretty famous cases are covered. So I'm excited to watch those. This show is called A Crime to Remember. Uh And it's shtick is that it's like back in time. Just Mm -hmm. like what you asked for, but not, I mean, maybe they do go back to the 30s and 20s yeah fashions may change this is their tagline fashions may change but murders never go out of style isn't that the truth isn't that the truth so it is crimes that have taken place in decades past Mm -hmm. and they really do a quality job on taking us back to the past i think costumes sets i loved it yeah we are going back to 1963 yes. in this episode. A this good is, year. I have been waiting yeah. to go back, back in time. Yes. I was done with the 80s Finally, and the 90s I know. of the Fofi. I wanted so to go back. So many murders in 92. God damn it. It's amazing we survived I our know. high school years. We are. It is amazing. Good grief. <sighs> this episode is called Devil's Advocate. It's mm-hmm. season four, episode three. So 1963, I looked up the movies in some of my absolutely favorite movies I found out. What are they? I can't wait. Well, my family used to have like movies where we'd be obsessed with. So we'd watch them on our VHS tape. Like night, they would just play continually throughout the whole day and like run. So one of them was called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Uh Have you ever seen that? Yep. Okay, one of we liter- Rachel and I literally watched this like Friday night. I didn't, and I'm like, oh my god! So we we put it in. Uh huh. It's I mean it's long. It has an inter like a 15 minute intermission when they used to have that in the theater. But it's one of the funniest movies. Just it's hard to explain. But what the kind of premise is that regular people are just driving on this beautiful California mm-hmm. highway and they see an, a car accident. This car zooms by, crashes off the side of the cliff. These people run down and see if the guy's okay 
before the guy dies, and it's Carl Malden, I think, he says that he has a huge treasure buried in Santa Rosita Park. So way down by Mexico, and they're in California. And it's under a big W. And that's the only clue he gives them. Under so under a big W is the whole thing. And so it's like $250,000 or whatever, which is a huge amount of money, even for six yeah. you know. Um, so then he dies. He literally kicks a bucket and goes down the hill. So these people that are left are figure out, okay, let's figure out a way to go down there and find it. And they try to, all these ways that they can split it and they end up just fighting. And then they all, it's like every man for himself. So the whole movie is all these like couples and whatever racing down to Santa Rosita to try it's to like get to the money. The great. What did you, what was that show? The Great Race? Yeah, kind the, of. They're all racing, and then yeah. it's a shit show after shit show after disaster after shit show happening to all of them to try to get to this big W and get the money. And so it is. It's actually really funny. And Spencer Tracy. Spencer is Tracy in it. is in it. I just looked I mean, it up. every Ethel star, Merman, Ethel Merman, Mickey Rooney, every star, uh, at Buddy the Hackett, yes. Sid Caesar, Milton Berle. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't... What's his name? Uh, the babe, Mork and Mindy's baby. Um, oh, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Winters. Yep. Yes. Yeah, he is in it. Yep. Yes. Um, Fre- both Mr. Furley and Mr. Roper are in it, are which Rachel it? enjoyed. Oh. Furley and Roper together. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Jerry Lewis had two great movies. The Nutty Professor, another movie our family watched a thousand times. The original Nutty Professor uh-huh. is so funny. Oh, yeah, Norman Fell. And he did Who's Minding the Store, which is another great, mm. funny movie. The Birds from Alfred Hitchcock, which is another movie my family watched over and over again. You don't like no. birds, and this would terrify you. I did watch it. I, um, I went yeah. through a summer where I was like obsessed with old movies. I think it yeah. was right when... What was that channel that came on cable in the 90s? Yeah, like Turner Classic Movie. Yeah, TCM. And I would go nutballs and watch. There's so many good ones. But Tippi Hedren was tortured by Hitchcock this whole movie because he was such a goddamn freak. Yeah. Um, But it's a great movie of just birds shredding people's eyes and guts and killing them all over the place. Um, and then Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor, where she, I think, was the first star or the first woman to earn a million dollar salary. And it was like a shit show production, but it's where she met Richard Burton and created the whole paparazzi, the whole yeah. Debbie and Debbie. Oh, uh, Fisher, Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds and Eddie Fisher. And Eddie Fisher. She was. She took Eddie Fisher away from Debbie, from Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds, but then did Cleopatra and met Richard Burton and dumped Eddie Fisher in like two seconds. Oh. Yeah. Because of course. Um, she could. She was That's Elizabeth Taylor. She didn't give two fucks. I've never seen Cleopatra. That I have I've seen, seen tiny bits of it, but again, it's really long and not much really happens. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really happens. She has amazing outfits and amazing makeup okay. and that's about it. It's like uh, fashion porn. Okay. Um, TV shows were Beverly Hillbillies, of course. Bonanza, Dick Van Dyke, Andy Griffith, The Lucy Show, Candid Camera, Ed Sullivan, Lassie, Perry Mason, Ozzie and Harriet. I like, we used to watch reruns of that. So Perry Mason, that was like, people loved true crime. Yes, it was huge. 
I guess he was it wasn't a defense really true, attorney. True crime. But yeah, they loved crime shows even then. Tons of crime shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, JFK, of course, was assassinated November 22nd. Mm. Zip codes started in 63. Isn't that weird? Oh, weird. Um, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Closed or Alcatraz. Alcatraz. <laughs> but it held such people as Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, the Birdman of Alcatraz, obviously, Whitey Bulger. Now it's a historic landmark. Beatlemania was beginning. <gasps> yes. Um, and becoming a mania for the Beatles. Uh, yes. Yeah. The Beatles. The Beatles. What can, were we listening to besides so, Beatlemania? Were we the- listening to songs like, hey, let's go to anus point and make out no or if um, she wears pants she pokes she <laughs> <laughs> hey look at that girl she's in pants she's gonna pork no that was a song? um one of the movies <laughs> that you neglected was uh or one of the genres that was yeah. big was the annette funicello oh, frankie oh, yes. avalon um beach party and so there were the one of the top songs of 1963 was uh, "Surfing USA" of course. from the Beach Boys. Oh. So that one, I I actually grew up in a musical family, but my dad uh, had just tapes and tapes and tapes and records, vinyl records of all these oldies. And so when I looked these up, I was like, "Oh my god, I know them all." Um, so it's my party and I'll cry if I want yes. to. And uh he's so fine. Do lang do lang do lang. You know that one by the yeah. chiffons? And uh, uh for the hippies out there, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. Which I hate. And um I don't I've never liked that song. It's I, weird and kind of sad, maybe, or I don't I know. I feel like it's okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know. And then um, the number one song of the year was Sugar Shack. I don't recall Sugar Shack. So I recall Love Shack. This is not Love Shack. <laughs> not Love Shack. It's here's the lyrics. There's a, Sugar Walls. Yes, there's a mm. crazy little shack beyond the tracks. And everyone calls it the sugar shack. It's because people would pork each other in that shack. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking. But listen to this next line, oh. Sarah. It'll blow your butthole. Oh, no. Right out your butthole. Well, it's just a coffee house and it's made of wood. Espresso coffee tastes mighty good. You're porking in the in the coffee shop? What? Come on. This... That's what this is all about. The Did sugar people yell shack is a Starbucks. Nerd alert in these concerts. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing. Take us. Let's make out at Anus Point. Boo. Anus Point. Where's Anus, Anus Point? Point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go parking at Anus Point. <laughs> no. Oh, well, Sugar Shack. It's just about Sugar Shack Coffee House. And so it's about adding sugar or cream to your coffee? I I don't know, but there's a cute girl who works there. The coffee barista is there. Yeah, she wears a black leotard. Oh, I bet she does. And her feet are bare, and he's going to drink a lot of coffee, and he's going to get this girl to love him. Well, good luck, sir. Sugar Shack, yeah. Good luck, sir. Yep, and then... We, Sarah and I found a good one 
I found so much in love by the times. And so I played it. And then I said, this song was like popular when we were young. And so then I looked up remake of so much in love and it was all for one. Yeah. The boy band. It all came back all for one. It came rushing back and we wish it hadn't. We wish it it hadn't. hadn't. But it um, did come rushing back. Yes. As Makes me think of my friend Christy's car. I feel like we were listening together. to it in the car. With Stacy and yep. Megan and Christy. Hands, walking all alone. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, it goes on and on. But that was also a popular song that yeah. All for One, the worst boy band ever well, ruined. We were hard on the eyes. They were. Yeah. <laughs> Very gotta, hard on the eyes. Vaseline on the lens. If you know, only we had Vaseline. Yeah. All right, let's get easier. into our crime. Let's this do it. Crime, this one's so good. This crime is special to Minnesotans. So all you elderly Minnesotans. That's, that's <laughs> you, Dad. That <laughs> lived through the 60s and still have your memory. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're going to know this one. It's a St. Paul, Minnesota crime. A pretty famous one uh, involving the Thompson family. Mm -hmm. So this involves Carol Thompson and her husband, Eugene Thompson. Eugene's pretty bad, but he went by cotton, which which I don't get. Is worse? I feel like it's worse. In like King of the Hill, you probably never watched that cartoon, but the grandpa's name was Cotton, and he's the one whose kneecaps were shot off in the war, so he put shoes on his kneecaps, and he walked around with short legs. (laughs) (laughs) He was Cotton, so that's who I think of. And he was a crabby bastard. Um, So this crime is incredibly... Violent, brutal, mm-hmm. nightmarish, scary, absolutely horrific for the 60s and kind of just took over the news and everything because of its violence and horror in just a regular peaceful neighborhood, which is, I guess, so many crimes, really. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Men are the worst. Totally. I like this show, too, because, again, I felt like the production values were almost too good for us. They were. Yeah. Um, but that was my concern. Yeah. I called you and I was like, "How this? We were going to be hard to it make. Almost was too competently of, done. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but there were some stuff we could point out. Yeah. Yep. And it starts off. It does the Steven Spielberg treatment where it starts off with the horror. So you get caught. You're you're caught in right away because it starts off with this nightmare, bloody scene. And that's how I like my movies to be. You start, you just t- get me right in. I don't want a lot of exposition boring me about right. who's it's and what's it's on and telling me what's going on. I want to jump right in. So when we're starting, we're seeing a neighbor and this neighbor has curls in her hair. And the narrator, I never I, understood okay, who she was. Me neither. I wrote, who is the narrator? Right. God damn it. It's not the neighbor. It's not the dead woman it's not it's, the dead woman no. i feel like it's a just a neighborhood gal that never introduced herself where is she i don't is know is she flying in the she's flying around telling us the story just watching so over people the narrator is like as a neighborhood woman i suppose but they never explained it that as was a pretty specialist dumb. at the deodorant testing facility yeah. i have got to say this was bothersome that was bad me. narration yeah she's talking about this one neighbor ruthie nelson 
Although right, and that's yeah. who we were seeing, right? Right. At the beginning, she has with curls, her curls in her hair. She's wearing her house coat. She's smoking a heater, I think. Oh, yes. So um, many. She's reading watching the newspaper. The news, yeah. They taught in watching TV, and they describe Ruthie as just being kind of like a news hound because she was a stay at home mom. And the narrator describes, like, no one expected much of us then. We were just housewives. We were bored out of our minds. So Ruthie Ann just got us, would watch the news all the time. That's kind of how she entertained herself. Yeah, right away. Of course, I love it because my favorite TV show of all time is Mad Men. And it was, it's reminiscent of Betty Draper, right? Just kind of entertaining yourself. Kids are are at school. You're at home. You finally get some time. But you have nothing fucking to do if, you you know, you're not cooking or cleaning. Yeah, you can't clean anything else. That's all you can fucking do. Because your husband probably has the one car. You don't want to walk anywhere. Yeah. No, Um, why would you want to walk anywhere? Then the doorbell rings, which is a bit odd. She's probably like another salesman selling door-to-door bras or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was that the other yeah. Some yeah. idiot selling me a bra <laughs> again. Started those, those no, people. she opens the door and it goes, dun-dun. And it was the bloodiest bitch you've ever seen <laughs> laying on her door, covered in blood. This terrible, horrific vision of her neighbor head to toe in blood, just lying in at a her. Clump. Yeah. And I, Sarah, I wrote, I was so scared, I jumped. Yeah, and I it was literally scary. pissed my pants a little yeah. bit. It was scary. That's why I was like, right away, I said, this is too good for us because right. I was scared. I literally jolted and peed a little bit i know i loved it because they dive right into yeah. it i'm like this is what i'm talking yeah. about yeah and they had good makeup like she was oh my god she looked, like she looked like a yeah. mess so this was march 6 1963 mrs nelson ruthie nelson calls the police and i'm sure she had to go she did it was a rotary which again i loved because there was no 911. She had to dial 1,400 numbers. No. And then they finally get there. The bloodied woman is still alive. alive. Her name is Carol Thompson. It's her neighbor like two doors two down. down. She's yep. nude underneath a blue bathrobe. She has been beaten with a blunt object. She has multiple stab wounds. She literally has a knife still stuck in her neck. Mm-hmm. And she's lost clearly so much blood. They rush her to Anchor Hospital, which must not exist. I've Mm-mm, never, I don't I'm know if Anchor Hospital's around yet. And Carol Ann, so they, they, she says the name. This is Carol Ann Thompson. She's 34 years old. She's the wife of Eugene Thompson, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone calls Cotton. They have four kids. Too many. Um, and the kids are all at school. They have a and son Cotton, and three daughters. Right. And Cotton was at work. The detectives go down the block. They go into the house. They look, they go through the side drawer. They see all the kitchen drawers are open. There's blood all over the kitchen drawer, smeared all over. The knives, utensils, they're spilled out all over. There's blood all over the drawers. There's an enormous trail of blood they follow from the tr- front door where there's just a huge pool of blood mm-hmm. laying in front of the front door. They... In the pool of blood, they find, which ends up being kind of the biggest clue, these pieces of black and white plastic. 
and they find three live, still live rounds, bullets from a semi-automated pistol. They realize these black and white plastic pieces. Well, one of the police officers does right away. He decides that, hey, this looks like if you could piece it together, it looks like it's actually a homemade pistol grip that some nerds would make and put this plastic huge 1960s nerds yeah put this plastic grip on a factory made handle to spruce it up a bit and it's a custom grip so it makes it actually very um, easy to identify i mean yeah later masses right away yeah now meanwhile they're showing kind of reenactment video flashbacks when they're describing carol of Carol in the backyard, kind of at a picnic with Cotton. Now, here's where we could make fun. Because Carol's wig. Imagine Gene Simmons from Kiss and his horrific mop of black hair that is fried out to California and back. That was her wig. They took a costume kiss, kiss costume <laughs> from the Halloween costume store took the piss poor Gene Simmons kiss wig out, fluffed it up a little bit and put it on this woman's head. Yep. And then they went down the aisle to the nerd costume and took out the nerd glasses, glasses. and gave oh, her the yeah. nerd glasses. Mm-hmm. And then they gave her some hideously ugly green dress when there's the could be the cutest little it, outfit. It was ill fitting. It was Ill like fitting. nine sizes too I big for the lovely, lovely right. Carol. Yeah. Is that what her name lovely, was? Yeah, yeah Carol. She was a lovely actress. <laughs> Cotton, they dressed up half the time in like a wife beater or something, didn't they? Or but he, he had those glasses with right. the dark, the he kind that kind of came back yeah. into style. He was a handsome actor. Um, yeah, yeah. Back to the police. They realized that Carol must have been laying in front of the door, the front door for a while because of the pooling of the blood. And they assume that she was beaten with the handle of the gun and it. The handle cracked actually and fell apart. So she must have been beaten pretty hard. Was there part of it stuck in her skin or that was just the knife? knife. Okay. I think that broke off. Okay. And then under the rug, they find her diamond rings that were off. Mm -hmm. And then we find out what happened with that. Yes. The door had one of those safety latches, like that you have at a hotel, you slide like a, in, like the chain, and you put chain, it in and you slide yeah. it in. And it had been pulled so hard that it was almost ripped out from the door, but then it eventually had been unlocked. Mm-hmm. So they say, somebody obviously was pulling awful hard on this, trying to get out. Well, duh, sir. They were clearly being beaten to death. Right. Huh? What? Oh. They go upstairs following this blood trail. There's only one bathroom on the second floor. There's tons of blood in the sink. There's about five or six inches in the water in the bathtub, which is like all my bathtub holds. So that's a full tub. (laughs) And then no shit. There is literally a rubber hose. This woman was literally beaten with a rubber hose. I didn't think that was a thing. Weird. People say I'm gonna beat you with a rubber hose. I didn't know they used to beat people with a rubber hose. What are they heavy rubber? I don't know. Where do you what where do you have a rubber hose and where do you get one? Like the it wasn't even like the yard hose. It was a big Rubber hose, like a, yeah, it wasn't a like two inches in diameter. Three, it was big. Oh my god! But the woman was literally beaten 
with a rubber hose mm-hmm. and a gun. So, so far we have the two beatings. Good grief. They follow, they go out of the bathroom into the bedroom where drawers are pulled out. They said it looks like a burger, burglary interrupted, but nothing is taken. And even her diamond rings, they said, were just laying under the carpet. This Do is not a, a better job. Yeah. Yeah. They're totally baff- baffled. The crime scene doesn't make sense. There's this weird struggle that's happening over two floors. There's blood in the bedroom, the kitchen, the bathroom, the front door. They can't even figure out what the hell has happened because there's just blood everywhere. They figure Mrs. Thompson had staggered then over to the Nelson house. So what it, I mean, what has been happening? The smartest thing they do is they decide right away that we have to talk to her husband. He is the first suspect. Bingo. Good. And they really never left really thinking it was him, I think. I think something, one of the cops or something just had a feeling like he was involved because they just still, I think, always tried to, every other clue they got, they still try to kind of link it to him. They just really kind of had a feeling he had something to do with it, even though right away from the start, you would almost rule him out. So they go to talk to him. They look into one cop goes to look into his records and it all seems pretty normal. She does have a life insurance policy through the Zurich company, which is not JCPenney, not JCPenney, Montgomery Ward. No, she had twenty three thousand dollars. That was relatively routine for that time. Um, there really was no will. He didn't really have much material gain. The money was his, really. You know, he's the lawyer. Um, yeah. so they're like, that all looks normal. Okay. They figure they're going to see him at the hospital because they go to the hospital. Carol is still alive. Yes. She's in the operating room. She's lost a huge amount of blood. But when they get to the hospital, they decided if Cotton did this, he's still going to have blood all over. He would be covered in blood. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't really be time for him to change from all this. But they said, no, he looked like a lawyer. He's in a suit. He's dressed to the nines. I mean, you had to dress to the nines to go to like tar- or, you know, the gas station. To back fly then. on an airplane. Yes. We wear like our dis- most disgusting leggings, right? Foul. Yes, yeah. on airplanes. And people used to like get dressed uh, we watch I Love Lucy. Like they're wearing hats and outfits, yes. and Ricky's freaking wearing his whole outfit. You go to go to the grocery store, have or a whatever. cocktail, I and know. a smoke. Oh. God. And Lucy has to wear a hat to even leave the house. The poor thing. I God. She didn't have to do her hair at least. Well, she probably always did. Probably. The detectives introduced themselves to Mr. Thompson. He looks very devastated and sad he's not really crying in the reenactment but he looks sad they say can you tell us about your day he just describes that it's pretty normal they wake up he takes a bath that's weird but i guess maybe they did do they not have maybe they didn't have a shower i don't know maybe carol of course makes breakfast Oh, I don't ever make breakfast for my family or they wake up. They said the usual breakfast of ham and eggs. I was like, oh, my God. If I had to wake up early and make breakfast for my family and get them all out the door. But then once they're out the door, she could just fart all she wanted and watch some TV, maybe. No, I, I feel know. like I'm like 
Grab the muffins that are already in the yeah. prepackaged bag and get your asses in the car. And a fruit roll up and shut up and yeah. get going, dick. I don't or care I'm leaving your here. Pure sugar. Yeah. Just yeah. eat it. Yeah, no. They cared then. I no. Uh all the kids were around. It was just they all left. They had breakfast. Uh he went to work and they said was that the last and he left for work at about eight o'clock. They said, was that the last time you spoke with her? He said, no, I called her around 830 just to talk about um, he's going to pick up the kids. She was going to night school because she wanted to be a librarian. And she was learning Russian. She took Russian. She She could have been in the CIA. Yeah. But nope. Um, He said she was in good spirits. Nothing was odd. Well, yeah. Well, she didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. they said your secretary placed that call. He said, "Yep." So there's, you know, another person to verify the time that he made that call. His alibi is set. He was at work. He was in the Minnesota building downtown. He was there. He confirmed with people in the building. Um, so he's kind of ruled out at this point. He could not have committed this crime. Then they try to, they ask him, does anyone hold a grudge against your wife? Well, who's that mad at someone that they're going to beat her with a rubber hose? And he says, well, I can't think of anybody. And then they see, um, we see the actual son of these two. The real life son. His name is Jeff Thompson. And he's a judge. Judge Jeff Thompson. We see him and he talks about being in eighth grade. He says, I was in choir practice. He got got called out of choir practice mm-hmm. by Pastor Peyton. And he said, when that happened, I knew it was bad. And they say, they show him going to the hospital. And despite the best efforts of the doctors, she died. Well, I mean, she just probably lost way too much blood for them to really yeah. try to save her at that point. And they show the whole family, you know, devastated and crying. And um, to this, I mean, Jeff Thompson looks still devastated to this day. No, that actually. was really sad. Yeah. And he's describing it. He, yeah. The detectives now are still floored. The crime scene makes no sense. They live in a pretty quiet neighborhood. And they do. The, the weird woman narrator describes how. Minneapolis is kind of, you know, a shit show. But on their side, St. Paul was pretty safe and calm and neighborhood-like. They didn't lock the doors. And they lived in Hi- the neighborhood that's still Highland is Highland Park. Well, yeah, so and that's fancy. a really nice, really nice neighborhood. There's colleges right. around there. And um, yeah, the Twin Cities are very much fraternal twins. Yes. <laughs> They're very, yes. very different. Yes. Very different. Police start talking to the next door neighbors who have all been really close friends over the years. Uh, um, They describe Carol and Cotton as being, you know, really happy. The happiest family they've ever seen. They belonged on the cover of a magazine. They were very successful. Carol's past is described. She's the only child of a self-made, very successful businessman Mm -hmm. named Antonius Svoboda. I don't even Svoboda, know. Svoboda, yeah. Svoboda. Yeah. She was super popular. She was incredibly smart. She was in the really 10% smart, wicked smart. of her graduating class in high school and went to McAllister College. Yes. So for the 50s, 
going into college as a woman she was taking russian she wanted to be a librarian but i thought she totally i mean she really wanted to have a career she met cotton at McAllister college it's known for its law yeah who's going there to be he's a lawyer they met in her sophomore year they quickly fall in love so of course she has to drop out when they get married 10 months Mm. later because clearly she can't really just have a job you couldn't i'm sure just you're gonna be married and be a housewife once you got married you weren't gonna do anything yes but i mean maybe she i mean she maybe just was happy and like that but then jesus i don't know i have trouble with it um yeah <laughs> i have trouble with that yep. but she was seemed like a very happy homemaker very good at very very good at keeping a clean home she had her four kids that she seemed to really love she was a den mother scout leader um great cook great her friends loved her she seemed like a really great happy she lady. did and the family seemed to have it all but we right. know that especially now in the time of social media and whatever, what yeah. we see on people's highlight reels, right? Just, it's, it's not legit. Um, yeah. You just picture the exact opposite, opposite. of the yes. picture they're showing you. Yeah. And that's the truth. That gives you the insight. Yes. <laughs> when someone puts on this happy family picture, you go, oh, bless their heart. Yep. Things yeah. got to be rough there. Yeah. And s- we get the truth finally or a hint of the truth from the older neighbor lady who the reenactor was actually like 35 wearing a old lady halloween costume gray wig yeah gray terrible gray grandma halloween wig like when what's his name in psycho kept his mom's head it was like that norman bates yeah norman bates mom Mom wig wig. exact same on the shrunken head yeah so she's doing her laundry and she pretty much goes those bitches were fucked up (laughs) that whole family was a fucking lie all them dicks were cheating on each other and their kids are pieces of shit the one neighbor that's gonna say that about your family that was her and the cops are like, please tell me tell more. Us more. Tell us more. Well, she introduces Big Red, who mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, he's called Big Red for a reason. For a reason. Damn. So there is this tall, redheaded, charming fellow that would go to all of the Thompson parties. He was single? I think so. I don't know if they ever said that, but I'm assuming he was. And he and Carol were just besties. Mm-hmm. The reenactments would show he and Carol at you know playing cards and joking with each other and being a little too flirty. And old Grandma Halloween wig would be staring at him, going, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much looking, saying with her eyes that Carol was a huge whore for flirting with Big Red. And Cotton would look all, you know, huffy, even though mm-hmm. Cotton was having a boner with every other woman in the picnic. Yeah. Doing throw, hey, ladies, throw the ring on my boner games in the side. <laughs> What's Carol supposed to do? She just kept playing like gin rummy right. or whatever they were playing. Yeah. Now, the police think, could this be related to Big Red where Carol was naked? So... Um, was she having a rendezvous with Big Red and it turned violent? And so they tracked down Big Red, who is 
what was his real name? I don't just even Big Red. Yeah, they don't even say his real name. Yeah. Just Big Red. So Big Red is in his garden doing work. The police walk up to him and say, "Can we talk to you about Carol?" And he says, "Of course." He looks real sad. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, "You know, where were you? What was Carol like?" And they start kind of hinting that Carol um, was getting familiar with Big Red in a way that he didn't like, and so he he really got crabby and said, you don't go besmirching her honor. And they were like, yeah, whatever. But he ended up being at work, having an alibi. It couldn't have been big red. And he actually looked like he was sad and And stuff. They may, they didn't ever really confirm that there was a sexual affair between them. Right. Not at all. Even to this day, it was just sort of like, Definitely, there was some emotional connection, connection yeah. going on. And that yeah. could have been totally all there was. And that's all they really said, that they were right. clearly friends. Big Red, you know, clearly liked her as a friend, and she relied on him as a friend. And that's pretty much all yeah. they showed, or they was, or the proof that we have yeah. of anything at this point. I am kind of hoping, though, that there was more for her sake. I hope so, too. Oh, so Big Red's out as a suspect, Cotton was at work. He couldn't have done it. The detectives have this dead end. They have have nowhere to go except they have these plastic pieces of the pistol. They have to decide, all right, what do we do next? And come up with the idea to do a staged press conference about a month mm-hmm. after the murder and hold on TV like this community like press conference that they must not have done, but a woman, the woman narrator said it's, it was just like on Perry Mason, which whoever was that show. bitch yeah. was, whoever we don't the narrator know. bitch was, we still don't know. So but. on the news was a press conference with the police showing what the gun would have looked like with the put together um, plastic pieces on the handle, and they start getting all these calls. Two days later, they get a tip. That that pistol grip belonged to this man who had who it was his. He said, "That's he, my gun. Yeah, it was robbed. I was robbed. It was in my apartment in Minneapolis. It had been burglarized about a month before, and this item was stolen. It's his. That was his black and white laminate pistol grip that he made in shop class. Yes, and no one else had come forward. He said it was his. So they find who." robbed his place so this is where you need a paper again to keep track Please of everything write these names down you need to post it with some arrows to keep track of all of the places the gun yes. has been the police track down the burglar of the gun for the minneapolis apartment his name is willard again another willard willard ingram so willard ingram was arrested and he, I think, is currently was currently in prison. So they found him in prison, and he had spent half his life in prison. So they decide if you tell us where you, who you gave this gun to, you can maybe get a few weeks off mm-hmm. jail. So he he says, "Okay, yeah, I stole this gun a few weeks ago. It had the black and white handle. Um, yeah, that's it that you showed on television." And then he says, "Um, I did I gave it away. I gave it away." Um, and they say, "Well, who is it?" And he said, "Norman Mastrian." 
Maestrian. Yeah. Maestrian. Okay. Maestrian. So Norman Maestrian was a pretty big kind of St. Paul gangster. Gangster. In 1961, he was kind of involved in a murder, but never went down for it, never was indicted. So he was like our St. Paul big gangster guy at the time. Yes. And he was a, he had been a prize fighter. Um, and he also had been at McAllister. He met Cotton in college and then something they, so happened. Connections. Something happened to poor Norman and he hit the skids and started fighting. I think he had some brain damage. Got too, maybe. Yeah. And was like in the mafia. So Norman's tracked down. Norman, yeah. They bring Norman in. And Norman now is brought in because the police feel that Willard, who stole the gun, gave the gun to Norman. Mm-hmm. They say, how do you know Carol Thompson? And he's like, all acting all cool, again, smoking, looking like a gangster, slicked back hair. Although his, I think they gave up on the 60s suits at this time because the men were clearly wearing modern suits. Yeah, he did f- have modern sunglasses, too. At first, I really loved it because it was like totally throwback. And, oh, yeah. They were all they wearing were doing suits. Such a good and, job. Yeah, yeah, they were. And the sets, though, were perfect. I liked all that. Yeah. But it's hard to fit modern-sized men, I'm sure, in vintage men's clothes. Because men were teeny tiny, I feel. Well, do you remember what happened to John Hamm's wang in well, all that of those wang suits? that can't fit in that it suit. It cannot be no. kept down. We well, can't with that thing. I mean, you he refuses cannot, to wear underwear, so what are you going to do? cannot minimize the hamaconda. Right. So Norman... Says, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. They say, we have witnesses linking you to the gun. And he just says, I want a lawyer. So he's not going to talk. He's a pro at being uh, interviewed by the cops. Yeah. Now, Carol, the narrator says, was always very practical. If she had been alive, I'm sure she would have said, Whatever it is, it isn't going to bring my back. Just make sure the kids are all right. That's the kind of person Carol's was. But the rest of us wanted justice. Hell no! Carol is saying, <laughs> come on, figure out who killed me. I would rather be alive with my kids, yes. you dicks. Figure this out. <laughs> Carol's not just saying, whatever, let it be. <laughs> Carol's like, God damn it, I got beaten with a rubber hose. <laughs> buttholes good god i dragged my bloody body two houses over to try to get myself to a fucking hospital find this asshole dumbass neighbor didn't answer her door enough and then she dialed down the rotary still smoking her cig put it out dolores no shit now we meet a new man police run across henry butler Butler admits that he saw this special fancy Luger gun with the fancy, you know, handle. handle. Yeah. The day before Carol Thompson was murdered. And Norman Mastrian had had it. it. Yeah. He saw Norman Mastrian give the gun to another person. Oh, my God. You guys, how does your diagram look right now? I know. 
So we have Willard that stole the gun. Willard gives the gun to the boxer, Norman. Norman is seen by Henry giving the gun to Dick Anderson. (laughs) To good old Dick Anderson. There can't be enough of them in Minnesota. No. Hi, I'm Dick Anderson. (laughs) So am I. Police decide, all right, we got to find Dick Anderson. Dick Anderson has skipped town. Mm. Dick Anderson is in Phoenix. And Dick Anderson probably is getting burned to a crisp in Phoenix because he's a Minnesotan in March. They find him in a hotel in Phoenix, and he's about ready to check out. So they got him in the nick of time. Yeah, they did. Dick Anderson is a 35-year-old Marine veteran that served in Korea he suffered shrapnel ru- wounds. He got a purple heart. So you know he's fucked in the head with PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He has yep. PTSD up the yin yang. He's fucked in the head. He's totally disturbed because there was no help for any of those no. men when they came back. Um, Nightmares they saw, they were just said, pull up your pants and go to work. Yeah. And figure it out. Yeah. You have a bad and ignore dream. everything just you fucking saw. suck it up. Ignore yeah. all the shrapnel up your butthole yep. and just deal with it. Buddy, yeah, deal with it. Um, I have to give a shout out to the casting agent of this show because a crime to remember because the Dick Anderson they hired and the real Dick Anderson twinsies. Really, I know I didn't look up. It was any at the, the very very yeah. end of the show. It's netballs. That's really Nut good. Balls. Yeah. And I thought he was good because he looked like just a sweaty, smarmy. He kind of was a good freaked. actor. Yeah. This guy should have probably been nominated yeah, he for been. an Emmy. Probably. He should have been. Yeah. For best reenactment crime show <laughs> of a murder. They of say, a hired Dick, assassin. what were you doing in Phoenix? And he says, I was on vacation. And he, the look in his face is just like he's sweating, he's shaking. I was on vacation. He's. Like, you can look in his eyes to know, like, he's totally panicked. Yep, you were, Dick. They said, we know that Mastrian gave you a gun. Um, That gun was used to kill Carol Thompson. So why'd you do it? (laughs) And they said he's hanging tough. He's not telling him anything. He knows he's the prime suspect. He clammed up. Charged. So he just keeps his mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Police then are just really kind of stuck now like cripes all right we feel like dick anderson did it he's not saying anything we really don't have anything on him yet we're not quite there the pieces aren't quite put together yet yet where they can charge him calls are still coming in like crazy all these calls and letters and they're getting a lot of tips for that police to check out a woman named jackie olsen Jackie Olson had an affair with Cotton Thompson. Ooh, of course. I can't believe it, Sarah. Yes. A week or so before Jackie, the murder. I can't Jackie. believe Jackie would do that. Jackie Olson visited Cotton in his office. That So people have seen her with him. Police find him. They realize that those two met. Cotton was handling her friend's divorce. Mm. He met Jackie and Jackie became his secretary. Mm. And I'm sure she was a great at typing. Really, really yeah. skilled. Typing on a Wang <laughs> computer. Uh, 70 words per minute. Yes. How many? 
How many is good words per minute? I don't know. 110 or something. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. She did one word per minute. I bet. (laughs) Jackie says he took her on all his business trips. They would go up to resorts and cabins in northern Minnesota with romantic fireplaces and go dancing in the club and have martinis and just having these wonderful trips. It looked like my dreams of 1963. She discusses that she really wanted to marry him. She was really in love with him. And she really kind of believed that he was going to leave his wife and marry her. That seemed to be the talk. By the way, uh, 40 minute, 40 words per minute is average. Oh, so 70. I was right on. She was actually really skilled. And I am sure that was really what her word count was. (laughs) Maybe I just made it up. I I feel like. She had some big ends, and that's why she was secretary. She was more of a, uh, even I looked up real life pictures of yeah. her too, and she was more of a uh, modern 60s woman already. Like the difference between, what was her, why can't I remember this lady's name? Carol. Carol. Oh my God, it's Carol. I know, like friends, why can't I remember it? Um, like Carol had the glass, you know, like yeah. the sixties glasses and the matronly right. hair. Like Jackie had kind of like a flip already. Was kind of mod. Like, mod. Yeah. yeah. And like wore the sweaters, the those tight sweaters. sweaters. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. She is very concerned that Mrs. Thompson was murdered and states that they hadn't, she hadn't been with Cotton that way. They had broken up about a year ago. She has nothing to do with it. She said, I wasn't going to wait around forever. I moved on. Um, she was with him for two years. And then when he refused to leave his wife, she went and she got married to someone else. So she's mm-hmm. married. She moved on. She's married. She showed Cotton. Yeah. She was like, I'm not waiting for your weird ass anymore. Yeah. And she seems kind of out of it. She really has nothing to say at all. They're finding out more about Carol. Carol had ambitions. She wanted to travel. She wanted to go to the Soviet Union. Um, She knew Russian. She had all of these dreams. But she also, you know, Cotton's idea of of a wife was the stay-at-home mom and cleaning the house and she really wanted to have a bit of more of a life of her own, um, a job, and he because he could get out of the house. He had friends. He could. I mean, he was a man. He had colleagues. He could go hang out and drink. He could go mm-hmm. do stuff. She was trapped with the kids all the time. Trapped in the house, um, and that's where women's lot in life. They couldn't even go to a loan and sign papers without the loan officer saying no is your husband or your daddy he had to sign yeah. for you yeah because I, mean, I am 40 i can sign my own <laughs> papers what are you talking about i don't need my husband or my daddy here to sign yes. i do it's like what, what are you talking <laughs> what? about i i mean idiots idiotic yeah yeah I mean, you could not have your own money at the bank. You had to have like your daddy or your husband co-sign it for you. You couldn't have a loan. You couldn't own your house. You couldn't have jack shit. And you had to wear pantyhose. Well, God forbid you wore Out pants. Of all the things. You're stuck at home with the kids and you're expected to wear pantyhose. Just stink ass, stinky, sweaty pantyhose. Men everywhere go fuck yourself. They should. God damn it. 
Jeffy Judge Jeff says Jeffy. Carol knew all about Cotton's affair. She knew about all of his affairs. She was saddened by his behavior. But again, she probably felt like, what am I supposed to do? This is what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he So he says he, she, he wasn't that surprised. She kind of reached out a little bit more to Big Red and maybe was a little mm-hmm. more um, used him as a confidant more than she mm-hmm. should have that was appropriate right. at the time. But he even said, I hope there was more to it yeah he you know? said that he hoped his mom was happy yeah jesus the day before carol was murdered she says to her second daughter margaret she says what would you do if i went away for a while and jeff judge jeff said margaret was very surprised she was concerned she thought is mommy going away mm-hmm. is she leaving her dad um and they really never found out what she meant by that was she gonna try to take that trip to Soviet Union by yourself. No one really said, knows. He said like I I don't know if she was planning on leaving him. I hope she was. Right. And then yeah. he said, but it would have been really stupid to tell him. Right. And he was a lawyer. She would have had her ass yeah. handed to her. Yeah. She would have just had to disappear. Yeah. And she wasn't going to leave her kids, I yeah, don't no. think. Um Police now start looking and circling back to Cotton. They just feel like Cotton's involved somehow and it has something mm-hmm. to do with Mastrian. They look back at Mastrian's criminal history and discover that, hey, he has been arrested before quite a few times. And guess who his lawyer was? Cotton Thompson. Cotton. They finally have this solid connection between the two. Then they finally do a little more digging into Thompson's finances, which seems like they did a piss poor job the first time. Yeah, not good enough. Because he fucks. had taken out eight different <laughs> JCPenney's insurance agencies <laughs> or insurance policies on Carol. Eight. <laughs> eight insurance policies. Yeah. All adding up to eventually coming from all of them. It would have been... million dollars which is eight million dollars in today's money yes maybe that would have clued him in a little while a little bit sooner do you think for god's sake oh my god they know now that that took so much time and so much planning i know that is number one premeditated motherfucker of course they know right away now that this bitch did it they have to just decide like they need to get a story from someone. This someone ends up being Sheldon Morris. This other Who random is this dick. guy. Sheldon I'm tired Morris of the randoms comes to the police because he realizes the police are getting closer and closer and closer, and this bitch is getting nervous. So he says, "I'm the one that actually drove Dick Anderson." to a spot to dispose of evidence, which ends up when he shows him being the gun. Mm-hmm. So they get the gun and they can piece together all the shards of that laminate plastic and they put the whole gun together and it ends up being the crime scene it's gun. It's like a puzzle. Yeah. Like a p- puzzle piece, they have the murder weapon. Who disposed of the murder weapon? Dick Anderson. Dick threw it in a field somewhere right and then the random sheldon took the police turned it to in because they a got bitch. it yeah yep. they got it three months after the murder anderson is a or er, C- 
he decides to talk. Again. Yeah. And he talks. He tells the whole story. So he says mastery and came to him and says, I got a job that needs doing just like a mobster. And I can't do it myself. That's right. He gave him $4,000 and said to make it look like an accident. Well, Dick Anderson fucked that up. Babe. Uh, when Right away when I heard this, before I heard the rest of the story, which, by the way, this is riveting. Yeah. What really happened is just a fucking shit show. I know. And it's horrifying, actually. I mean, the whole Benny Hill theme song but, is playing and yes. he's trying to kill this oh, woman. Oh, my God. Um, oh. But yeah, it. this was nuts. The yep. original plan that of course cotton is involved in was for anderson to enter the house while it was still dark early in the morning going to the basement the side door was going to be open he's waiting in the basement as the whole family's eating yes getting ready to go off once the family leaves this is why so one of the people on the show wrote a book called dial m the murder yeah. of Car- and I had read this book, I realized, a long time ago, probably like fifteen years ago. Oh, yeah, no. And Dial M is based on Hitchcock's movie with Grace Kelly, Dial M for Murder, mm-hmm. which was in the fifties and is almost the exact same plot. Ah. So in that Dial M for Murder, the husband wants Grace Kelly killed, but he can't do it. So he hires Why? someone so beautiful. I know, to How live insurance. To lit he hides in the, he hides behind the drapes. The husband calls the wife at night to say he's like stuck at a poker game. He tells the murderer when she comes to answer the phone, you go kill her. Because I'll be on the phone with her, so it can't be me, you know, because I'm clearly somewhere else right and the killer fucks up and grace kelly ends up murdering the murderer and then it goes Uh to discover you know they try to find out what actually happened and then they figure out the husband's involved so that's why it's called dial m because it's he's hiding what what cotton set up is that cotton from this movie was going to call home Carol was going to answer the phone. And since she's on the phone with Cotton, Cotton clearly can't be killing her there. Anderson was supposed to kill her with the rubber hose hose while she's on the phone. But he knocks her out. And then they they actually then set up to put her in the bathtub. So that's why there's water in the bathtub. Anderson takes all her clothes off, puts her naked in the tub. She's knocked out with the rubber hose. Um. He gets her yeah, to the bathroom. Yeah, he gets her in the bathtub, but she gets up, right? With So Cotton had run the water before he left. Yes. So that it was just there. She didn't even know that there was water in the right. bathtub, right? So he knocks her unconscious, gets her naked, puts her into the bathroom, tries to drown her. Drown her. But she is badass. She is a badass. And fucking gets out of the tub and gets away from him. But then they said, this because is she, the worst. I, because she was a modest woman and she was naked, she went to put on her robe and that was kind of her undoing. Before she fucking, she wouldn't just run out of the she house. She wouldn't just run out of the safety. house. She went and put on because her robe Because she was first. naked. So he caught her again. Oh, God. Had his gun and Tried shot to shoot her. her. Yeah. And it was... It jammed. He um. So he. Had I read in other. Yeah. In other and another article, he had the wrong ammunition in the gun. Dick Anderson. Yeah. Is a dumb he Anderson. is a dumb. 
So it goes click, click, click. So she takes off running down the stairs, but he wallops her a few times in the head with the gun handle. So she she still would not stay down. No, he finally kind of tackles her in front of the front door, but she's she is yanking on the front door and realizes it's locked and chained and And it never is. Yes. And she is yanking and yanking and yanking. So he catches up with her at the door. She takes off her wedding ring and is begging. He said, take my rings. My husband's a lawyer. Whatever trouble you're in, he can help you. I promise. Take my rings. Please, please, please don't. And he starts, he, just he said, yeah, wailing, starts on wailing on her, hitting her. She's not going down. He goes into the kitchen. The gun takes, is falling to pieces. He, it's literally everywhere. falling apart. He's hitting her so hard. Yes. She's still not going down. He gets a gun, stabs her so much that it breaks off into her neck. She is still not going down. But then I think he hit her again. She looks dead. He goes to the bathroom, is washing her hands. He his goes hand, back. Yeah, he's trying to he's like. He's washing his hands, trying to clean up because he's covered in blood. He goes back downstairs. She fucking got the door open. And that's when she ran to the neighbors. And, was and he says, I never saw someone who wanted to live so hard in all my life. He told that to the police and just looked devastated. Mm. Really? And so little Judge Jeffy says, on my 14th birthday, I'm laying in bed. I hear the cops come in. Eugene Thompson, we have a warrant for your arrest. And he goes, happy birthday, Jeff. This poor fucking His kid. mom had just died and his dad gets arrested on his birthday. And his dad killed her. Now, this is the worst part. This is the worst part. This is this after. This is so awful. So what he, yeah, what he says he remembers doing after they show dicks in the neighborhood driving by yelling at him through their car door. Your mom got murdered. Yeah. And he's like. All right. What do you, th- yeah, thanks. What do you want me yeah. to say? What What am okay. I supposed to do about it? Thanks a lot. I mean, the poor kid. I know. But now he's a judge and he can send these fuckers. Yeah. You're getting the chair, dick. I just prank called grandmas. You're getting the chair, <laughs> dick. But, but I really just was jaywalking. The chair. Oh, my God. This is what he remembers <laughs> from that no, fateful this is haunting and horrible. breakfast where the killer is hiding in his basement that's going to end up killing his mom. Before his dad left for work, he tells him to go get the paper. And then he says, lock the door up for me. And Jeff says, okay. The front door? Yeah. yeah. Why? And then he says, he asked me to put the chain on the front door. And I've never done that before. And they show his face and he just sighs deeply. You could just see like yeah. this lifetime of absolute grief and regret. Yes. And he's like, be a good boy and yeah. lock it up. And he's like, okay, put the chain on. I'd he never think- done that still before. thinking for this day, if I didn't put that chain on, My she mom. could have gotten out that mm-hmm. door sooner. Mm-hmm. And that thought is probably in his mm-hmm. head every single day. Mm-hmm. How do you do that to your own kid? And then knowing the man that's going to murder your wife is in your basement right at that moment. And then still just going about your breakfast with your children. Yeah. What a sick psycho bitch. No, horrid. He says he never forgave his father and his father never asked for his forgiveness. And they talk about how much Carol loved her kids being a mom, that she even really did love cotton, but it was fucked. Now, but this, she deserved better. This dick then only did 20 years. Of course, he got arrested, sentenced for murder or 
conspiracy, whatever, mm-hmm. got out in 83, got in at 66. He didn't even do 20 years. Mm. His dick got, you said, remarried and lived to 2015. Yes. And this is... Not even dick. It was cotton. I shouldn't say this dick. Yeah. There was a dick. Because there was a dick. Cotton. Didn't even do 20 years. Dick got paroled to everybody involved in this. What? Got paroled. Yes. They can all go fuck themselves. Mastrian and dick and cotton all got paroled. Well, it's only a woman they killed. I mean, it's not like they killed a cat. Yeah. She didn't really amount to anything. I can't even. I can't. This um, is a fascinating Minnesota case. And there's sure a lot like is. the Congdon mansions we should do, but that's yeah, wasn't a I husband didn't, that was I done. didn't know the story at all. Yeah, I realized I'd read that book. But now when I drive through Highland, I want to see the house. The and house. Everything. Yeah. Where is it? And yell out, Cotton, you suck balls. <laughs> <laughs> they said in something I read, I can't remember where it was, but um, that this would have been like a national murder trial, but in the middle of it, JFK was assassinated. No. Yeah. And that just. Took and over so everything. it just, yeah. yeah, then the news was hijacked or whatever. But. Well, ob- of course, but geez, what a case. I know. And he, they weren't having money tr- trouble. You know what I mean? Like they, there was no reason. It wasn't like he was spending all their money on hookers and blow. Like, uh, there was selfishness. nothing. Yeah, he was just a dick, and he and wanted he was to already be having with that affairs, whore. And she yeah. didn't care. No, just she was already be, yeah. married. He could have well, easily I mean, Carol paid didn't for even it. Care if no he was affairs, but no maybe he didn't. Maybe shits. he found out Carol was going to leave, and he didn't want that to happen. He thought he might. Well, as well that would kill be her. embarrassing. Yeah, because when you're a narcissist, you have to be in control. You know, that's true. If I can't, if I don't want you, at least I don't want anyone else to have you. Oh my god, men suck. Anyway, just get a divorce if you hate your spouse. Like everybody else does. We've all done it. We've all been divorced a million times. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody cares at all. No. Kick him to the curb. Anyway, thank you for joining us. If we could get a review and a rating, it would make us so happy. Remember, you guys, share us and tag us. Share and and tag. We are going to send you some. tag us. (laughs) On your social media. (laughs) Skin tag, tag skin. Show some skin and tag us. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.